world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the Salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, a little last-minute texting here. Uh, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I don't know what I would. <clears throat> I don't know what my life would be like. I've said this a number of times. Without this show, it's just kind of the same thing with you guys. <clears throat> I'm amazed. Really, it's amazing. You think about it. That well, this congregation, dare we call it that? This group of people get up every morning from really, literally, all around the world. Come in here and what do we do? We divide, rightly divide the word of God, dig into the truth, fellowship with one another, and uh, just honored to be here. I had a, had a really weird, weird night. I want to share it with you. And then I'm going to ask you a couple questions. And I'm confused again because I'm thinking, I, I have, <laughs> oh yeah, my life. I have a notebook, <coughs> excuse me, calendar book. I'm still old fashioned. Most people keep their schedules on their book, on their phone. I can't do that. I keep it on my, I have a, a calendar book. I write stuff in the calendar book. And again, maybe Clay Clark's with us today at the bottom of the hour. I, 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 I messed up again. So I, it kind of puts me in a bind because I want to go some direction. I'm going to go that direction. And if Clay shows up at the bottom of the hour, then it'll be, it'll be good to have him. So uh, crazy, crazy. One. Wait, look, last night, well, Hang on, Myra, let's get you in here. Let's get the right attitude of prayer in here. And then I'm going to crank open what I want to want to bring to you today. Go ahead, Myra. Sure, Coach, I'll be delighted to do so. So it is written, Habakkuk 2, 1 through 14. I will stand upon my, the watch and set upon the tower. I will watch to see. He will say unto me, and I will shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, write the, write the vision and make it plain upon tablets that they may run the right of it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Through a tarry wait for it because it will surely come. I will, it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not uptight and in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Yeah, also because the transcendent by wine he is proud man, neither keepeth at home who enlargeth his desire as hell, as is his death, and cannot satisfy, but gather unto him all nations, and heareth unto him all people. Shall not all this take up in a parable against him, in a trumping a proverb against him, and say, Woe to him that I increaseth that which is now his how long, and to him that laddeth himself with thick cray. Shall they not rise up? Suddenly they shall bite thee, and awake that shall vex thee, and that shall be for booties unto them. Because thou hast spoiled many nations, all the remnant of the people shall spoil thee because of men's blood, and for the balance of the land of the city, and of all that dwell therein. Woe to him that coveth an evil covetous to his Woe house. Woe to him that cover up evil covetousness. Stop covering up evil. Go ahead. To his house that he may set nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of evil. Thou hast consulted shame to the house by cutting off many people and has sinned against thy soul. For the stone shall cry out of the wall and the beam 
of the timber shall answer it. Woe to him that buildeth a town with blood and establishes a city by iniquity. Woe to him that buildeth a town with blood and establish that city by iniquity. 13. Behold, it is not of the Lord of hosts that the people shall labor in the very fire and the people shall weary themselves for very vanity. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as he as the waters covers the sea. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to coach Dave that huddle and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love and joy to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Amira. Thank you. Uh, listen, Spencer, I, uh, I got something for you I want you to pull up. I want you to pull up. You're going to have to Google this, dude, because uh, uh, as I talk, I want you to pull up. Um, uh, what's the name of it? <laughs> Get that brain. Uh, Legend Valley. Legend Valley Music Center. See if you pulled up there. Legend, there it is. The historic concert venue. It's right over the hill. So go ahead and click on that, Spencer. Um, I bring this up because uh, this is the this is the concert venue right behind us. This is where Lost Lands takes place. This is where uh, it's a concert venue. They used to have Jimmy Buffett and Hank Williams Jr. They had a lot of really really. Big, big concerts there. And now all of a sudden they've really, really gone dark. And as you know, um, just this last week, L.A. Marzulli and, and a crowd that he brought in, we went up to the top of here where the largest Nephilim mound in North America was once situated. It was about uh, 60 feet tall. And all of the, um, there's an aerial view of it. This is right across the street, folks. And the people who go to Legend Valley, they park in the, they park right in the field right, right next to it. To our home. This is a sorry if they're listening over there, Legend Valley. <clears throat> this is a this is a really really dark place. It's really a dark place. Last night they started a concert. See if you can go to sk- events. Go to events down at the bottom of Spence if you can, real quick. And uh, I want you to look at some of the. Ev- I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. The events. Uh, it's just started. They had Hookerville. Uh, they had Dome Fest whatever that would be. They had Dark Star Jubilee. On June 10th, they had Goose. Then they had The Workout. Have you ever heard of this? Jimmy Buffett, Hank Williams Jr. What? Then they have The Gathering of the Juggalos. That was last uh, week ago. Now we're in the middle of Elder Ever Wild Music Festival. (coughs) I'm sorry, that was last week. Yeah, that's not much on my calendar. Now we're in the Secret Dreams Festival, topped off by September 23rd, the biggie, 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 Lost Lands Festival, September 23rd, on what I know is deeply dark, demonically charged territory. I know, I know it, I know it. Now, I make some people nervous. I don't, listen, you can, if you want to lay in the comfort of mainstream, lamestream Christianity, you go ahead and lay there to your heart's content. Well, last night about uh, 3 o'clock, yes, 3 o'clock, I was uh, waking in my, in my bed. So Michelle was waking at a different time than me to a sound. We could, we could barely hear it. It penetrated into our bedroom, a thumping, a rhythm, a rhythm that made me, in the middle of the night, awaken and sit up in my bed, and I knew that that was a summoning of demons. I knew it. I knew. It. I've never heard a summoning of demons. I've never heard it. I kn- I wouldn't know it if somebody played it, but I heard it last night. Does that make sense to anybody out there? I sat straight up, and the Holy Spirit told me, "Whoa, Ooh, feel that." Holy Spirit told me, <laughs> "That's what you're dealing with. That's what you're dealing with." What the Holy Spirit said to me. Woke Michelle, too, at a different time. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what was going on over that hill last night. I can't imagine, as my friend Stephanie said, they all come and camp out over there. I can't imagine the sexual energy going on. And Can you imagine, folks? Can you imagine them over just, pardon me, just over just screwing like little rabbits? I'm, I'm sure it's, 
I'm sure it's going on. I'm sure it's going on. That demonic force, by the way, sky high, right in the middle of it, protected by the Holy Spirit, right in the middle of it. And here's what came to me last night. So much that when I got up this morning, I couldn't get away with it. I said, Lord, they don't want to hear about that. They don't want to hear about that. I couldn't get away from it. So uh, uh, that's, where, that's where I'm going to go this morning, whether you, whether, whether you like it or not. Julie must want to say something appropriate. Go ahead, Julie. Come on in and then Mel after that. I'm going somewhere. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, you're so right. And the thing of it is, I've noticed when I drive by there quite frequently, they put like these signs up, like Led Zeppelin, like they're playing some group band, but in actuality, it's not. It's some secret, hidden, um, you know, agenda. And then also, I don't know if you noticed, they're building something across the way, making these l- lanes. I don't know if they're opening up a camping thing, but we need to stake that place out and like put an end to this demonic stuff. So just want to let you know. It's even deeper than that. Uh, by, by the way, folks, that, that is a, what you're looking at on your screen right now is a real, um, what's what, a replica dinosaur. There are about four of them on the property. That size on this concert venue. Are you listening to me? This is right across the street from where I live, right across the street. We had the opportunity last week to go up to Legend Alley, up to where the largest, I wish I could find it. If I, I'm going to get somebody talking them and I'm going to dig it up. The largest pyramid in North America, ever in North America, was on top of that hill. Right over there. I'm pointing at it. No, right over there. It was over there. And they took about uh, 56,000 wagon loads of stone out of that pyramid, a burial cairn, meaning who knows what's buried underneath it. For some of you who are who are afraid to look at what we might be dealing with spiritually to understand what kind of evil thing is buried under that ground. It's high up on a hill. High, anyway, uh, <laughs> lost track of thought. So when when all the all the festivals, everything they have is dark, 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 demonic. It didn't used to be that way. And uh, I'm going to let Mel come in for a second because I'm going to look for something, Mel, because I want to show everybody because they think I'm crazy. Go ahead, Mel. Yeah, you know, I was just, as you were talking, I was wondering what the longitude and latitude is of that cairn. Um, that must be significant. I mean, to be such a prominent structure, for the, the rocks to have been put into Buckeye Lake, and for the artifacts, I mean, they've been put into a museum in another town. Um, I'm not sure which town that is. You might know, Coach. But um, I'm just curious, because everything is so numbers-oriented, what the longitude and latitude would be of that cairn. Maybe L.A. is looking into that. Well, LA's all over all that stuff, as you can probably imagine. I'm trying to show you a. Uh, I'll get to it here in a second. It, it isn't that important, but it is that important. Here's the premise of where I'm heading this morning. I don't know about you. I've been a pretty solid Christian guy since 1988. How long would that be? That would be uh, 12 years to 2020, for about 25 years. I've been an all-in Christian guy. And I've attended a a number of uh, churches led by good men, good churches, good men, and uh, not not really a part of one now. But I find myself this morning listening last night and going with L.A. on Tuesday to realize, are you looking at me? I don't know squat about the spirit realm. I don't know squat. Would somebody say amen with me so I know I'm not the only one, so I know I'm not speaking to myself? Amen. 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 Been in church my whole life. I don't know squat about it. The Bible tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against evil spirits in high places, and the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, mighty through God, but pulling down the strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing it into captivity through the obedience of Christ. I can quote it all! And don't have any understanding of it. How can that be? And how can, how can we have, how can... My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, the word tells us. How can we be serving the Lord in a spiritual war and not even know the weapons that we're fighting against? Getting the old football coach in me? 
we prepared a scouting report every week for our opponent. We told our players to look at the other team, and when they were in a certain formation, look for this. Here's what they do when they line up like this. And we ingrained it in them because we didn't want to be surprised or fooled by merely the way they lined up their formations. We saw what they, in football vernacular, we studied their tendencies. What they did do on, we would have a chart, what they did on first and long, first and 10, what they did on second and short, what they did on second and eight, what, what they did on set, all the way down. When they, get, when they were in this situation, what did, they, what did they do? We scouted our enemies and we knew exactly, for the most part, we were trying to be inside their head because we knew what weapon they were going to try to deploy as a result of the situation that they currently found themselves in. Am I making sense to anybody out there? And we don't have any understanding at all. I'm talking about me. I don't have any understanding at all. I don't have any understanding at all, really, of the dark side, what they do. And Stephanie comes in there sometimes, gives us a little bit of a feedback of what's going on. Coach, they're doing this, and here's why they're doing it. And, and I marvel, say, wow, wow. And then I realize something. Stephanie knows that because she used to play that game. She used to be on their team. And no matter how much she tries to convince you and me, Reggie the same way, Reggie used to play on that team. And so when she comes in there, brings a scouting report and says, Coach, here's what they're doing. We don't want to believe it. We don't want to believe it because why? Well, I've been in church my whole life. The pastor never said anything about it. pastor never taught me anything about that. Reggie, you're, you're a kook. Stephanie, you're a kook. What's a spirit? A demonic spirit. What's the Holy Spirit? Really, what is the Holy Spirit? What are disembodied spirits? How do angels and demons, how do they manifest? How do they operate? How do they get, how do they influence us? Yeah, we have no understanding of this in the church. Somebody say amen again for me, would you? Just because I, I... Amen. Maybe I'm just amen. the only one. We give lip service. We don't get it. We don't get it. Why don't we get it? Why are our pastors not teaching this stuff to us? Why are they giving us our best life now and 17 principles for living a healthier life? And not that any of that stuff matters. But boys and girls, before I'm going to go out on a football field, I'm going to know which direction the guy's going to come from when he's tackling me. I want to know what technique he's using. I want to know what his weapons are. And about 80% of American Christianity, you start talking about the stuff we're talking about right now, tunes you off as a nut. Yet the scripture's full of it. Anybody tracking with me this morning? I hope some of you are. Because I'm not sure I have an answer to you, but I can tell you this. The demonic influence is far greater than what we even understand it is. We really, really don't understand. See, we have a tendency to believe in demons. or we ha- Even this, we have a tendency, every, every one of us, I think, when we sit down and we pray to the Lord, I think we think the Lord hears us. I think we do. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, I think, how does he do that? How does he hear our prayer? And is he, is he, is it a straight line to God? Is he the only one that hears that prayer? If there's a spiritual realm around us and they're doing everything they can to influence, I look around like, and they're doing everything they can to influence us, are they eavesdropping on us? Are they able to understand the language? Do they get what's going on? Do we, when I get up and my wife last night, my wife last night said, honey, I'm not feeling well. I think something's coming on me. Now, what should I have done? If I understood it, I should have gone gone over and laid hand on her and cast that vile spirit out of her. Now, listen, not every sickness is a spirit. All right? Not every sickness is a spirit. Spirits, I'm going to try to get into some of this here this morning if Clay, Clay doesn't come call at the bottom of the hour. Not every sickness is a spirit, but some sicknesses are. 
There are different spirits. There are different manifestations of spirits. I, I have to be honest with you. I didn't. 50 years of my life, I had no understanding. I'll be 70 in November. I still don't have it figured out. I know this in my bed last night. Those guys over there were talking to somebody. And they were talking out loud. And they were talking loud with some type of force. Some type of strong, powerful force that I could sense but didn't really know. Anybody tracking with me here today? And until we as Christians, Jesus told us that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We don't know. We don't understand. We don't understand that the devil and his angels or minions or whatever you want to call them, they are on full-time working double shifts alert because the Bible tells us they know their time is short. Let me tell you something, folks. They have amped it up in ways that we can't even imagine. Say, Coach, how do you know that? Because all I got to do is look around and see what's going on around me and say, you know what? This isn't even human. This isn't even human. What's going on in Washington, D.C. is insane. It isn't human. It's demonic. But yet we don't understand those deep, dark, powerful forces and how they're operating, those principalities and powers, how they're op- We don't get it. We don't understand. They send a strong delusion. A delusion is a spirit. Believe a lie. Hang with me a second. I was going to pull up Legend Valley, never got around to it. Doesn't matter. Spencer, pull up for me. Uh, uh, pull up. Well, go ahead, Jonathan, while he's pulling it up. Go ahead and pull up for me. Uh, number one there, Spence, if you would. Go ahead, Jonathan. Okay, so the Lord gave me a very clear word this morning. I think it ties to everything you're saying. Uh, what he put in my spirit is, thou hast been our dwelling place. And then I went to Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm just going to read you these four verses, and I think it'll tie to what we have to do to win, okay? Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, with the saints. These are people probably that aren't here anymore. We are fellow citizens with And it's a living, active congregation. We are with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the saints that have gone. We're like great great cloud of witnesses. We're in it. All right, listen. With the saints, members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building. So, like, we're part of the building that was built in ages past. Like you, me, this group, all the saints that are out there alive today are being fitted together, growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. If we could get a vision of that, no matter where we go or even in the spirit realm, no matter. Anything we go against, if God is in the midst of us and we are the bricks and we are the mortar, we are part of it, there's no way any of this crap can win. Amen. There's no way. Amen. Because the only way it can win, Jonathan, the only way it can win is if we're not aware of it, if we don't understand. And, and we're divided. And we're divided. That's what they do. They divide us over stupid stuff. Amen. 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 That's what I said. The Lord said not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, but we are, aren't we? We're ignorant of it. I love the internet. So today I just Googled something. I just Googled evil spirits. And they came across this simple little website. Bear with me here a second, all right? Scripture. And in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits. And then to many that were blind, he gave sight. What are evil spirits? Scroll down with this here, Spence, if you can. The many accounts of evil spirits in the scripture affirm the reality of powerful spiritual forces of wickedness. Evil spirits, also known as demons or devils, are depraved spirits which are familiar with human weaknesses and desires. Wow. They've been doing this a while. 
They've been doing it a while. They know weaknesses. They know how to operate. They know how, how to get you and how not to get you, right? With human weaknesses, some are more vile than others. And the Bible has many names for these spirits. And so here's just a few of them. And we, you, you could check them if you want to by the scriptures. I'll put it in the links. There's a deaf and dumb spirit. Mark 9 talks about that. There's an evil spirit. Luke 7, Acts 19 talks about it. There's a familiar spirit in 1 Samuel 28. There's a foul spirit. It's in Mark 9. There's a lying spirit. That's in 2 Chronicles 18. There's a perverse spirit, which is in Isaiah 19 and Romans 1. Seducing spirit, which is in Timothy. A spirit of an unclean devil, which is in Luke 4. The spirit of the Antichrist, which is 1 John 4. There's a spirit of bondage, Romans 8. There's a spirit of death, 1 Corinthians 10. There's a spirit of divination. There's a spirit of error. There's a spirit of fear. There's a spirit of haughtiness. There's a spirit of heaviness. There's a spirit of infirmity. There's a spirit of jealousy. There's a spirit of slumber. There's a spirit of the world. There's a spirit of whoredom. Unclean spirits. You see, evil spirits can enter into and possess people, causing all kinds of sicknesses, diseases, and terrible manifestations. The Bible records many occasions when Jesus healed those who were tormented by these spirits. You can find it in Matthew 8, 28. You can find it in Luke, uh, Mark 1. You can find it in Luke 9. You can find it in Acts 19. And when, they, when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Matthew 8. Where did the evil spirits come from? An evil spirit or demon is not the same as a fallen angel. It is actually the offspring of a fallen angel. Now I'm going to stop right there. You better hit. You better hear me, and you better hear me good. <clears throat> no matter how much you love your pastor, a lot of them don't believe this. They don't believe it, and they're not going to teach you because they don't believe it. An evil spirit demon is not the same as a fallen angel. It's actually the offspring of a fallen angel. When fallen giant angels took themselves human wives, Genesis 6, the children born to them became mighty giants, corrupting the human race and accelerating wickedness to such a degree that God saw it necessary to destroy all flesh with a great flood, saving only the righteous man Noah and his family. The purpose of the flood was to get rid of these evil spirits. And when the mortal bodies of these angels, human hybrids, died, the immortal spirits roamed the earth seeking human bodies to harass and indwell. Remember the story of the Gadarenes casting the, casting the spirits into the pigs? They ran into the pigs. The pigs got their spirits in them, and they said, oh, no, don't throw us into the pigs. And they ran into the ocean and drowned themselves, remember? You, folks, you think this is fairy tale stuff? Was this situational stuff that was going on? Or is it put in there for an example for us? The male ones are malevolent spirits. The female, female ones are seductive Malevolent, meaning they want to cause all kinds of problems, and seductive, which are the females. These continue to afflict the human race even now. They know the weakness and desires of mankind, for they once experienced a human body. Unlike fallen angels who can appear in bodily form, evil spirits must inhabit a body, either human or animal. (laughs) Can your dog be possessed? Yeah! An example of this, when Jesus cast out the legion of demons from a man and sent them into the herd of pigs. I was just talking about that. Hey, Lou, maybe you can, Spencer, while you're doing this, doing a great job. Maybe you can get Luke 8, 27 through 35 up there. Both fallen angels and the evil spirits serve their master, Satan, in the kingdom of darkness. If you guys ever heard the story of the gatherings, I'm going to read that to you right now. Spencer is pulling this up there for you. Luke 8, 27 through 35, Luke. And when he went forth to the land, there he met him out of the city, a certain man which had devils a long time. And he wore no clothes. Today we would say he was mentally retarded. Today we would give him some type of medicine, wouldn't we, Doc? We'd give him something to make him make his mind right, some some pill. We'd give him some, uh, what is that stuff, that, you, that riddle? Today we would medicate that demon. He'd had a demon a long time, so much that this crazy guy didn't even wear clothes. He couldn't even live in a house. He lived in tombs. Oh, man, I felt that. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, 
What have I done to you, Jesus, the God most high? I beseech you, stop tormenting me. Folks, understand this. There's a demon speaking out of this man. When Jesus shows up on the scene, the demon can't even take it. The demon said, what, what's going on? Why'd you come here? For he had commanded the unkilling spirit to come out of the man. <laughs> For oftentimes it had caught him, that same spirit. And it kept him bound with chains and in fetters. And he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. How many people do you know, oh my goodness, were in the chains of the devil and been driven into the wilderness? Oh, they may still have their clothes on. They may still look like they're in their right mind. But they're not walking in freedom and they're not walking in liberty. And we don't understand it because we don't understand the spiritual realm. And Jesus asked him, saying, Jesus looked to that guy, that demon, and said, hey, what's your name? And that man said, my name is uh, the American Legion. Not just kidding. My name is Legion. Because many devils were inside him. And they besought him. The demons began to cry and said, Lord, don't, don't make us go. Don't let, we, look, we don't, we don't want to go around, roaming around. We need to be in a body, and we want to stay here in this body. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him. They said, Lord, do me a favor. Send us over into those pigs. Let us, don't just cast us out. Send us into those pigs. Hmm. And Jesus suffered them. In other words, Jesus said, cool, go. And then when the devils, then went the devils out of that man and entered into the pigs. And the herd violent, ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. And when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled. They were scared, man. And they went and told it into the city and into the country. And then they went out to see what was done. They came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. How do you explain that? That's just a story, Jesus? Just, oh, let's, hey, let's, let's do this favor around, Luke. Just hey, throw that story in there, Luke. You remember that story you're talking about? Just go ahead and throw that in there, will you, Luke? No, 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 folks. This is real. And those so, so same demons that have tormented what they called the demoniac. That's the name they gave this guy, the demoniac. The same spirits that tormented that demoniac, those same spirits are still wandering around today. Still doing the same. They're still doing the same stuff, folks. But we don't understand. Go back to that. Go back to where we were, uh, the original thing you're reading. Excuse me. So what's demon possession? Demon possession is the control of an individual's personality so that the actions are influenced by a demonic spirit. You ever seen a demonic spirit come over anybody? You ever seen anybody and their eyes glaze over? You're having a conversation with them and you bring up something that maybe they don't want to hear or something that scares them, whatever, and that spirit comes over there. You ever seen that? If you haven't, shame on you. Because you can see it. The signs of demonic possession in the New Testament include deafness. Wow. Eyes that don't see, ears that don't hear. Deafness, blindness, speechlessness, convulsions, unusual strength, suicide attempts, and foaming in the mouth. And all of these ailments are not necessarily caused by evil spirits. They are among the many possible effects of demonic activity. Deafness. They can't hear. They can't understand. They can't see. They don't get it. Why? Because they got a demon. They got a demon that's blocking it. We don't understand it, see? Why won't Joe? Joe, Joe just doesn't get it. How come Joe won't find it? Well, because Joe has a demon blocking his ability to see it and to reason. One of those Jesus healed was Mary Magdalene, of whom he had cast out seven demons. The apostles cast out spirits as well by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of them many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and that were lame and were healed. 
And Jesus commanded evil spirits with his word. Devils came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of the God. He rebuked them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. The powers of darkness, including Satan, can go no further than the bounds God has set for them. You understand that, friends? That's in Job. They will always leave when he casts them out and must comply when he gives them an order. Why? Because they understand authority. That's why, G, that's why Almighty God, that's why Jesus, when he left, he gave us all power and all authority. He said, here's what you can do. You can use my name. You can use my name. My name is the badge. My name is the stamp of authority. You can use my name. And they were all amazed in so much that they, that they questioned among themselves, saying, what thing is it? We're still doing that, aren't we? What, what new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded he even, uh, for with authority commanded he even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Yes, folks, you see, un- evil spirits know who is ultimately in charge. The spirits know. The spirits recognize his voice. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe, but they tremble. <laughs> they tremble at the name of Jesus. And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. That's Mark 11. The powers of darkness are used for the purposes of God. He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath, and indignation and trouble by sending evil angels among them. <clears throat> I can, I'm, I'm not going to read all this. I'm, I'm going op- to op- crack it open here. Put it in the chat. We don't even know what we're dealing with. Can I tell you this? You guys are cutting-edge Christians. We have no understanding of this. No understanding of this dark world. Go ahead, Randy. Yeah, Coach, uh, I know who does know about the spiritual realm. It's the Holy Spirit, Coach. Amen. And, And if he's working in us, we can see things. We, we understand things. But when, when he's not, we, we can't. See, one of the manifestations Amen. of the Spirit is called the discerning of spirits. That, <laughs> that doesn't come through study. It doesn't come through uh, the seminary. It doesn't come through sitting at a table learning book knowledge. It comes through the Holy Spirit showing you in the moment, just like you woke up in the night last night in the morning hours, and he told you that is the spirit of the devil. I that's, felt it, Randy. That's the I, Holy felt it. Spirit, Coach. I felt it. Randy, I rolled over. Michelle was asleep. I rolled over and I elbowed her. I said, Michelle, listen to that. I said, listen to that. That's the devil. That's the devil. She said, what? I said, no, just shut up and listen. And all of a sudden, then you could hear it. You could hear the rhythm. And I knew, I knew that was, dare I say it, that was the frequency that the devil was using. Keep going, Randy. Yeah, Coach, an example of this, Paul. Paul was preaching in a city, and he 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 cast out demons. And and one this young lady was a soothsayer, or, or uh, for for these rich guys that were making them money, she could see things in this in the soulish realm. Well, he finally, after a week or two of this, she kept following around and talking and running her mouth. And Paul kept noticing something didn't right. But then all of a sudden, what happens? The Holy Spirit shows him the spirit in her. He discerned it, and he cast it out of her. And that's just one example. There's many more. But so, Coach, it isn't, this is my point. It isn't, okay, we want to get to the place where we can see this and know what to do. But Jesus walked as a man, not as God. He walked as a man filled with the Spirit. So everywhere he went, he was so full of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that the demons would shake and they would reveal themselves. And, and then he, he would just cast them out. We don't have a lot of us don't have enough of the spirit of God in us to to see that Amen. happen. We Amen. That Amen. I understand that. We do. So We're Randy, so here's, here's where we get in the trap, see, and we've done it to ourselves. By the way, in a lot of ways it started with the movie The Exorcist, where we got to the point where we 
yielded our authority over the devil to some Catholic priest. We had to go to somebody with a deliverance ministry. That's a bunch of bunk, folks. We all have the power. We all have a deliverance ministry. The reason we can't exercise the deliverance ministry is nobody ever taught us about it. Nobody ever told us what to do. Nobody ever told us how to deal with it. We have that power. Not some priest, not some pastor, not some guy you follow on TV. We all have that power. The Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We don't no. So I got to call Tom Dunn. Hey, Tom, would you come down there and cast this devil out of me? What? Hey, Reggie! Hey! Stephanie, can you come and help? What? You can't do it? Well, I can't do it because, number one, I don't believe it. And number two, nobody ever taught me how to do it. They told me I had to go see some big minister. I had to go see Benny Hinn and let him touch me on the forehead and wow me and I'd fall back and then it would be gone. Hey, folks, healing is the children's bread. So the Bible says, is God, Jesus, a liar? He said, you're my kids. Just like I'd give you bread, I'd give you healing. Well, why aren't we exercising it? Could it be that we don't have a deep enough understanding of exactly what it is we're talking about? Paul, come on, and then Glenn. Yeah, I, I think part of it, Coach, is people that do walk in that authority and things like that are are, are told that they're that they're weird, that they're off. You know, they're not. Reggie scares people. Not, not normal, and that's and that's and that's what happens. The enemy does that, and that's why people won't listen or they'll let. Oh yeah, 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 whatever. I think that's where a lot of the problem is. I mean, you hit it on the head. A lot of the churches now, they're just nothing but motivational sermons and not that's really right. teaching you about deliverance or walking in the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. So they haven't, they haven't, been, they haven't gone deep. We haven't been taught to go deep into the things. See, the many of the things that are causing... Hey, hang on here, folks. Nancy Pelosi's possessed. Those, those guys in Washington, D.C., folks, the, the, those people are under the control of Satan. We can't vote them out. That isn't going to that isn't gonna do it. That power, that principality. That, remember, it's, a, it's an organizational structure. It's a p- power. Then there's a principality. There's a general manager, then a head coach, and then an assistant coach. And another assistant coach, and they delegate responsibility. And not every one of those assistant coaches, one coaches running backs, one coaches quarterbacks, one coaches wide receivers, one coaches defensive linemen, they all have delegated responsibility. It's a spiritual hierarchy. We don't understand that they understand authority. They understand that when the name of Jesus comes, they got to go. They understand it. We don't. We don't. In fact, we make deliverance like a trip to the carnival, don't we? Ah, we're going to have a deliverance. Ah, and people want to come, they want to watch. It's supposed to be commonplace. It's supposed to be commonplace. My churches don't even talk about it. They don't even talk about it. Dr. Paul, come in. Then Glenn. Morning, Coach. Yeah, he was... I don't believe in coincidence. I was actually looking at some recent research. Uh, Ian Meyer have talked about this for a long time, how we medicate the spirit all the time. And medicate like, demons. Medicate demons. Right. Uh, with the Prozax, the Zyprexes, the Ritalins. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. In Jesus' time, they didn't have those drugs, right? <laughs> my, Amen. My point is that... Um, People get better without them, but when they get put on them, it just propagates the problem because they can never get off of them without somebody else coming saying, you got to question the dogma. So the latest research said there is no chemical imbalance in your head. Okay, these medications do not work, and they're dangerous for you. Many of them reduce your lifespan for 20 years. By 20 years, the ones for psychosis, 
Myra and me, we talked about this for a long time. Sometimes it just, they just lend an ear to these people and tell them there is something other than science. It is the spirit. It is. It is. It causes infirmities, right? I gave you a list of a bunch. I didn't. I read you a bunch of lists of different infirmities. Glenn. Yes, good morning, everyone. Yeah, so the, so if you look at the disciples, okay, Peter and all, all those guys who were filled with the Holy Spirit after the Holy, you know, after the Holy Spirit came, they exhibited that that authority. Um, yeah. They drove out demons. People got healed. I was reading in Daniel this morning, uh, chapter six. Here's what it said about Daniel. It says then this Daniel distinguished distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. Hmm. So we have an excellent spirit. If we're filled by the Holy Spirit, we just have to exercise it. Glenn, we have to learn how to exercise it. It's like having a great big bed and letting spirits in bed with you. They only get, they only come in, they only get in bed because you let them. Yeah. My, wait, let me give you a better example. Opie, our cat. Opie, if it would be possible, would spend the night sleeping over the top of my mouth. I don't know why it is. And I'm constantly pushing Opie out of bed. Get out of here, Opie. And Opie will lay wherever he wants to as long as I let him. And that's where we are with our, in our spiritual walk. We got, we got Opie's bombarding us all day long, and we don't tell him, we don't kick him. Kick the cat. Get out of here, Opie. And every time I do that, Opie runs. You know what happens about an hour later? I feel him at the bottom of the bed coming back up again. Got to keep after him. Reggie. Yeah, Coach, words and phrases become powerless in the minds of Christians because they are powerful. So they become powerless and they're thrown around. And I can tell you so many people in this queue and listening have a spirit of fear. If they understood, see, they hear that all the time. Oh, spirit of fear. And they don't think anything of it. But those who walk in the authority and have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we actually see the spirit on you. And if they could see what we see, they would tremble and they would want nothing to do with it. But there's also behind that the spirit backing it up of pride. They're, they think they're authority. They know it all. They've been taught all. No, they've been lulled by these spirits. So when we come in with the crazy nonsense that they hear because of that spirit, it's all craziness and nonsense. They, they cannot. It does not engage. It, it, they, they get no help. They can't even recognize it. So it's like. I've been to places where I've gone ahead and one particular is in my mind right now. And I had to do some work on that land and there were, they know, they knew because of the authority I walk in, I know. And they were there. One witch was there waiting for me, but she couldn't touch me. She knew I knew who I was and who was within me. So it's like, you all have it. You just don't know how to operate in it and you can't even get there. Because you just don't acknowledge it. You're afraid. And I've, how many times have I heard, all you talk about is the devil? Well, no. Me, I'm tr- we're trying to get you to wake up. So it seems that way to you. And you also have spirits that aren't permitting it to engage. So it's like, no. What happened to me and what I speak about now has only made my face stronger. With I walk in the Lord. Every what day. do I say, though? What do I say every day? No, no almost every day. Can't teach what you haven't done. And when we haven't done what others have done, we don't believe it. Because why? Seeing is believing. So therefore, because we don't have the power, we don't, sorry, because we don't think we have the power or the authority to cast out demons. First of all, we don't believe they exist. We don't believe they possess. They don't believe they influence. But because we don't believe that we have the power to cast them out, if they did, they crawl in bed with us. They crawl in bed with us and just follow us around all the time. We don't, do you know that Jesus' first act, Jesus' first ministry act in the New Testament was casting a spirit out of a man. Did you know that? First thing he did. And how many of you think about, when you think about Jesus, that's the first thing you think about. He cast out demons. First thing he did. R.L. Burgess, come on in, R.L., then uh, Angela. Uh, good morning, Coach. Morning. I 
I have a serious question that I've been wanting to ask for a long time. <clears throat> uh, it's not controversial to me. I just like to know how people think. Relative to the people who built the mounds, why do you or anyone else think those mounds or those people were demonic and dark? I missed the question. Say that again. I'm sorry. Why do I think what? Relative to the mound. Yeah. Why do we think or you think or anybody else that those people were demonic or dark? Oh, good question. Uh, I think the scriptures teach us that. I think uh, from my, my standpoint, RL, if you've ever been to one, if you've ever been to the Newark Earthworks, uh, the Circle Mounds here in Newark, Pull that up if you could real quick, Jonathan or Spencer. Pull up uh, uh, Circle Works, Newark, Ohio. Uh, if you ever saw any some of these great edifices, you would know that these things could not have been done by Indians. They couldn't. They could not have been done by human beings. Just, there's just no way to put that. And so then the deep understanding of that, <clears throat> Ohio State Parks, great Circle Earthworks. See if you can get a better picture of it. Now uh, you can from from the air. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. That, it's uh, there, there's one. There's a good right there. There's a good one. Click on that one. One to your left, right in the middle. No. <laughs> right there to the top at one o'clock. At one o'clock. That, well, that right there, go back. That's okay. That that's from the top. That's the that's the connection of the circle earthworks and the octagon earthworks. Seen from on high. Folks, they couldn't have done There was not the technology to be able to do that. And then as you begin to do more study, you find out about the ley lines and all of this other stuff that goes on with it and the connection to the fact that that opening every every March 21st when the sun comes up, comes up right in the middle of that ley line. And you begin to, as you can see down at the bottom, the moon coming up in the center of it. Folks, this was supernaturally done. And I just think if you do any research on it at all, you got to scratch your head and say, "Ain't no way the ain't no way the Indians did that," even though they try to tell us they did. That's my only answer, RL. There's probably I could probably give you a better one than that, but I don't have one off the top of my head. Angie. Good morning. I have yeah. two points. I have two points to make regarding the um, the the field of psychiatry, psychology, and if you do any amount of studying, this really. This whole um, field erupted in the mid-19th century with people like Darwin, Marx, Nietzsche, yep. and, yep. and um, Freud, okay? So you had all of these who were perpetuating some, they were using the advancement of science and to push out the, con- the construct of some kind of spirituality. They were trying to push that out. They weren't recognizing spirituality at all. And they were pushing the, the, the narratives of secular humanism, right? So the whole, you have to do a whole study on that because it really is fascinating to see just in the last 150 years, 160 years, how they have literally taken the understanding, which was known throughout thousands of years of humanity, that these spiritual um, possessions and um, oppressions were trying, they were trying to just, you know, push that out and trying to make some kind of scientific explanation for it. Now, you fast forward to now, what we have, and I'll tell you, just having been in the pediatric nursing facility um, for over 30 years, in 2008, 2009, we began to see an explosion of children coming in with all of these, quote, unquote, mental health and behavioral health issues. Right, and they're trying, and the, and if I'm telling you, the way they're treating it right now at these big facilities is absolutely ungodly. It is not helping the situation. I think it's perpetuating it. I think it is snowballing and spiraling. But my friend, who was uh, was also a, a supervisor with me, she she's a Pentecostal pastor's wife, and she and I would come back from these what we call code violets when we had to go and and um, literally we would go into the rooms. We had to try to talk these kids off walls, and if they we couldn't talk them off walls and they turned violent, then you had had to four point them okay we yeah. had to restrain yeah. them because they were hurting people that is 
is we would come out of those rooms and, and we started, we were like, that that's not just mental health. That is no, a spiritual right. element yeah. that is on these children. And I'm telling you that when we would begin to get these code violets, that one of my automatic go-tos was to absolutely pray before I walked into that room. And usually with, if I walked into that room, usually I could get these kids down and under control. Um, and this was before we even had like the, what we call the, uh, the behavioral health counselor, people that would come in and not, you know, never, I can't even just describe what all they do. But anyhow, so um, I tell everybody, you can tell how broke our society is by how broke our children are. And we mm -hmm. are a very broke society. And that is the enemy taking over our children and taking over the minds of our children. So here's what I got to do. I got to follow up with that and do a teaching. Look, folks, I'm digging into the stuff myself. I know expert. I, I teach you on the transference of spirits. Yes. The Where do our kids pick this stuff up? And remember, going to go there. That is that is the adults in their life that have the influence over them, and that would be predominantly their teachers and their parents that are that are uh, you know that are not even in the in in have any realm of faith at all. And the internet. And the internet, what they see, the eye gate, the ear gate, all of that, right, friends? All of Absolutely. it. Yeah. Public schools and sexual promiscuity. What? What? Yeah. So, what's the point that I'm making here? My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We don't understand this spiritual war. We are Christians, and we don't have any understanding of it at all. Roger, come in, then Jack. Real quick on the serpent mounds. Aren't those designed to worship their? They're designed to worship the sun god. The sun, the sun comes up yeah. right in the middle of them and on the March 21st. I think the simple answer is it not demonic worship yes. another god? Yeah, well, Roger. It, that's how I would look at the mound. In our society today, we're supposed to think spiritual things last. It's, it's the, their diet. It's the people they're hanging around with. It, it's all these other things before we ever think spiritually, even in the church. Jack. Yeah, I can give you a great example of what that, that whoever that was was just talking about, the nursing and the, the mental health stuff. In Maine, that system is so broke. It's so absolutely broke. I had two workers in tears last week because they knew that what I was telling them was the truth. One of those police officers said, we take them in, they're deranged, they're violent, we take them to the hospital for an evaluation, they medicate them and medicate them before the, before the evaluators get there. By the time the evaluators get there, they cut them loose and they're back on the street. The system Amen. is so Amen. broken, and my, one of my boys is that one of them, and they just keep cutting him loose, they give him enough drugs. Oh, he's calm. He's fine. And he's back out. So the psychiatrist and the psychologist and the pharmaceuticals are absolutely destroying an entire generation. I want to get all of you in here, but I got to make this point for those who aren't in the queue. Bring up number three for me, if you would. And I want to read a scripture. I found this online. It's under uh, JonasClark.com, believe it or not. Spencer, go down to the first miracle. Go down to the first miracle. <clears throat> And start right there real quick. I want, I want, you, I want you to think about this. Uh, it says, right after Christ's wilderness confrontation with, state, with Satan, uh, he went to church. While there, a man with an unclean spirit spoke to him with a loud voice saying, let us alone. And there's the scripture, uh, Mark 13, 1, Mark 1, 13, uh, 23 through 28. And there was in a synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out saying, let us alone. What are we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? I thou come to destroy us, I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace. Shut up, man. Come out of him. When the unclean spirit had, to had torn him, cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What the heck was that? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits that they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread among, uh, broad throughout all the region of and about Galilee. Hang on with me. I got to finish this up. Let's put out, let's pull out these 11 interesting facts about what we just read. Number one, the unclean spirit was inside the man. Number two, the man was in church. 
And the spirit was still in him. Three, the spirit had a voice and spoke. Four, the spirit recognized Christ. Five, the spirit manifested in the anointed one's presence. Wow, that'll preach. The spirit wanted to be left alone. There was more than one spirit in the man because he said, leave us alone. The unclean spirit did the speaking. These spirits were afraid of Christ. They they were afraid Christ came to destroy them. The spirits knew who Jesus was, the Holy One of God. And the unclean spirit was uncivil and confrontational. We don't know much about the man, only that he wasn't sitting in the church alone. This man had company. He was carrying an unclean spirit. Oh, my goodness. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Let's dive deep. Amen. Victory over this, over the evil one. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.